morning crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several of my friends this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is joining us on this Wednesday. The Crypto Goliath, also known as Super G, Gonzo, is in the building. And we have a renowned crypto educator and a proud leader in the XRP community, as well as a good friend of the Good Morning Crypto Show. Crypto Erie is joining us to bring us all the latest updates on what's going on today. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing with economic times more uncertain than ever, the United States debt has surpassed $31 trillion. As the United States dollar continues to rise, we show our listeners what a dollar collapse could mean for the crypto market. Elon Musk is again trying to buy Twitter, stating this brings him one step closer to his X application. MasterCard is tracking where and how users buy their cryptocurrency, as Quant is said to have a monopoly on the state cryptocurrency sector. Ripple is making waves across the planet after announcing a new carbon credit marketplace, while also being named as one of the most prominent fintech companies existing today. We ask our special guests for some new insight on how Ripple is changing the world of finance. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So anybody who watches this show knows we usually start off with Johnny Crypto, but because we have our special guest, we're going straight to you this morning, Crypto Airy. Always excited to have you on the show, and this is your second time joining us, so thank you for being here. With all the XRP news on your mind, I'm excited to hear what you're thinking about. How are you feeling today? Uh, just great, and I really thank you again for having me on, and it's always uh, a pleasure to to talk with all of you because you just are some of the best, most energetic, and uh community members. I just love it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ari. You fit in very, very well with our group. And I love your background, by the way. If I can get a custom XRP background, Johnny Crypto, you know what I'm looking for. But we're going to Johnny K this morning. He's got the Merlin background behind him. Always excited to see you, Johnny. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Happy to see you guys. You guys are true warriors. Show up every single day. Good morning to our brother Gonzo and Crypto Ari. Great to have you back. Our audience loved you. It was awesome. We're so excited to have you on the show again. Can't wait to hop into it. Awesome. And before we get started, we're going to the Crypto Goliath over here because, Gonzo, we're talking about Ripple and the new carbon credit system, but they call you the Ethereum expert. What's on your mind, my friend? How you feeling? <laughs> What's up, man? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here. We truly appreciate it. We understand that your, you know, your attention is the most valuable currency. So we always try to bring you the the most value. Super excited to be here with Crypto Area. I love listening to her talk um, because she does that in depth research when it comes to XRP. We know that like XRP is our biggest holdings when we talk about our community. So super excited about the show, man. Awesome, and we're actually going to draw some connections between Elon Musk. And XRP. But before we dive into that, we're going to get this thing started the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. So go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is still sitting in extreme fear this morning. Johnny Crypto, I would make you address this, but as you can tell, this past month, we've just been sitting in this 20 to 25 range. So we're going to head right past that and get into the total coin market cap. We're sitting at 948 billion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is sitting at 40% dominance. Ethereum is about 17%. Bitcoin has fallen back below 20,000, sitting at 19,900. Ethereum is 1,300. XRP is 48 cents. 
Cardano is 42 cents, Chainlink 770, Algorand 35 cents, and a currency that we love to cover on our channel. We've got Quant sitting at $134. But because we have our special guest, I'd love to hear what are some of the projects that you're watching in the market. And with all the turbulence going on in the market today, people in the Europe are already calling for the Fed to start printing again. So we're going to talk about that later in the episode. But what's on your mind, Crypto Airy? Well, yeah, I think that in regards to the Fed, I'm watching that news like like everyone else is because I think we're going to see uh, some sort of change, although they're going to hang on to this commitment uh, as long as they possibly can. But it's interesting who is all, already starting to call them out, right, and starting to call for a pivot. However, I don't think we're going to see that this year. I think we're going to go all the way into the 2023 before they before they do make that change. They might, uh, I don't think they're going to do a reversal. They might lower their next rate hike than they previously were going to do. But I still think they're going to try to get their hands on inflation and bring it down to a level because that's, uh, the thing is, is that they really only have, uh, they're, they have, they're so limited to the amount of tools that they have available to them to actually do this, that uh, it's unfortunate, but I don't think it's enough tools in their toolbox to really handle the situation they've got. And we had some interesting news earlier this week come out of Germany as Germany's going to be printing $200 billion in order to fight inflation. So it's two opposite sides of the argument going on there. But Gonzo, I'd love to go to you. United States national debt has surpassed $31 trillion. And this number is so big, but it's nothing that we haven't you know, seen very similar situations to. I remember when we passed $30 trillion in national debt, the world was falling. Now it's 31. The world's continuing to collapse. What's it mean to you, Gonzo? You know, I think October is going to be an interesting month, right? We, we see how September was. Um, October historically has been a, a good month. But like some of the dates that we look at, um, you know, we've got the uh, FOMC minutes that are going to come out on the 12th. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We always get volatility when that comes out. The CPI data comes out on the 13th, right? That's going to tell us uh, where inflation's at, if it's actually higher or lower, Um I think that um, I, what's very interesting, what I was really looking at is we get a lot of the earnings that come out in October, right? And I know we've been lately correlated a lot to the S&P and the NASDAQ, but some of the earning reports for the big tech companies is coming out at the end of the month. Meta comes out on the 26th, Apple on the 28th, Google on the 26th. And the reason I think that's interesting is because we've been talking about like the esoteric, which this partial solar eclipse that comes out on the 25th, you know, what happens on the 25th if like leading into that, you know, we're, we're getting some positive price action and that eclipse brings us down. But of course, those earnings come out and they're bad and they're going to say they, you know, that the market came down because of the earnings, but we're going to correlate it to the eclipse. So it's going to be interesting how it plays out. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in October, but uh, let's see. Let's see. And we've got some pretty exciting news, although it may not be directly crypto related. We're starting off with the Elon Musk Twitter news. And Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get your opinion on this. You know, I'm a huge fan of Elon Musk, so I'm a little bit biased when it comes to this argument. But I am super excited about Elon buying Twitter. He tweeted out last night that buying Twitter is an accelerant towards creating X, which he's calling the everything application. Twitter probably accelerates the application of X being here by three to five years. But he could be wrong. Would you be excited about Elon buying Twitter and what's going on with this X app? Could it be XRP? 
Uh, yeah, I did. Okay, stop. That's a joke. That's stop. a joke. Sorry. Stop, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we uh, listen. The only thing I'm excited about is the freaking edit function. All right, I'm tired of freaking not being able to edit a damn tweet when I make a typo. It's horrible. So whoever the hell buys Twitter, just freaking put the damn edit button, would you please? That's number one. Number two, uh, you know, this is like the, this is like Flair. You know, this is like he said, the boy who cried wolf. Are we buying it? We're not buying it. Is Flair coming release? Are we getting airdrop? We're not getting airdrop. Who the hell knows? I don't believe nothing. I don't listen to nothing anymore. Apps until it's done. Don't even just don't even wake me up. I don't want to hear about it. I don't believe it. I don't. Well, trust I think that's it. a good transition. We're going right into the Flair stuff, and I'm going to crypto area here because they announced their token distribution event is going to take place between October 24th and November 6th of this year. We've been waiting for these dates for quite a long time, and it's I was like part of that. Two years. Two yeah. Years. yeah, I was part of that initial snapshot. I can remember that they told us, I believe it was June of 2021, and then it was September, and then it was December, and here we are in September, actually October of 2022, still waiting for this snapshot. What are you anticipating from Flare? Let's forget about the distribution of the tokens and talk about the real utility it's bringing to the XRPL. Some of the DeFi applications are, are prominent in the market. They're going to break through. They're going to be humongous for this network. I'm really interested to hear your opinion. What are you anticipating from Flare? Uh, well, I think there's a lot of projects that are in stealth mode that when it does, when the mainnet does go live, it's just going to be an explosion of of these uh, companies that have just been waiting, waiting, waiting. And I and I also think that uh, it, it did become much larger than Hugo and the team originally had planned that it was going to be, which is very much the reason why we see these delays and they're being extra careful to bring forth a platform that is uh, rock solid in terms of not having any vulnerabilities. And I know it's been frustrating for people because they they have been looking forward to it for, for a couple of years. But I think uh, we all are going to be thankful at the end of the day if, if it is a platform that doesn't have uh, any risk associated with it in terms of um, you know coming to the market too quick. And the fact that they did the Canary Network with Songbird was a really good move. I don't know. I feel like I'm super excited. I can't wait to have this uh, DeFi and they're going to be, have this smart contracts that are that are collateralized, which is going to bring a, an increased safety. I mean, I, I just I just think it's going to be one of the premier protocols in the space. And the fact that they are going for uh, you know, these, this interoperability where they connect everything, uh, it's going to be huge. Really, it's going to be huge. And I think the wait will be worth it. You heard that, Johnny Crypto. The wait is going to be worth it. But we have 210 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. We've got some more educational news for you guys as there's new educational courses on Ripple's portal, Crypto Area, I'd love to give you a chance to address this. I saw you took some of these courses. What'd you think? Oh my gosh, I I I can't tell you how impressed I am. I'm impressed with, of course, the the user interface. It's very simple to use. It's very intuitive. You can also experience what a little bit of gamification is. You really get this satisfaction each time you achieve that chunk that's broken down into the course it's uh it says that it takes you to 120 minutes approximately to finish the first course that they offer but i think if you've been in this space for any length of time you can probably do it in 20 minutes uh it's still it's an amazing concept to be able to transfer the knowledge 
because I have to remember there's a lot of people coming into the space that are brand new. So it's fun. It's easy to use. It's an incredible transfer of knowledge. Uh, you get this uh, feeling of uh, uh, satisfaction and achievement when you finish it. I'm going to do the next one, which is a little bit uh, more complex. And then there's an intermediate version that I took a look at where you actually learn how to mint an NFT. And so, um, yeah, just and just think of I am I'm sure this is just the beginning of the courses that we're going to see added to this platform. This is just a start and it's wonderful. I mean, it's beyond a 10 on a scale of 10. It's a 12. That's awesome. And Johnny Crypto, we've got some pretty cool updates because I'm showing a quant price chart, but that's not what caught my attention. We've got quant being called a monopoly in the UK market for CBDC-related expertise. The overledger will move trillions in the next five years is what this tweet is saying. But quant has almost a monopoly in the state cryptocurrency sector. And this is something we like to highlight on the channel every day. Their CEO has some of the best networks, networking communities in the industry. He worked at the Federal Reserve. He's got ties to JP Morgan, ties to HSBC. There, the list goes on and on, and I could pull it up and walk our listeners through it. But Johnny Crypto, I'd like to get some thoughts. Does Quant have a monopoly on the state cryptocurrency sector? And if so, what does that mean to you? Yeah, I mean, they're certainly leading the way. They're paving the way. They've got the connections. You know, uh, Gilbert came from the, you know, came from the Federal Reserve, right? Understands the system. He's put himself or the company or the technology in a really, really good spot. That's why I'm super, super bullish on it. And super, super pissed off that I don't have more of it. I really want more. And I just, it's its expensive, right? It's not cheap. But the reality is it is cheap because it's probably going to be somewhere in the four or five digits someday. But I absolutely love it. You guys know, I mean, this is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite ones. So uh, I just continued to dollar cost average into it. I just wanted to come back to 40, but I'm not sure we're going to see it again. I don't know. Gonzo, this is the reason we talk about this cryptocurrency every day. And some of the things that catch my attention is the fact that there's only 14.6 million tokens that will ever exist on this network. But all not only that, only 1% of the circulating supply is actually on exchanges. So it's going to take a very small amount of liquidity to push this project in one direction or the other. I'd love to get some of your thoughts before we dive into our articles for today. Do you believe Quant has a monopoly on the state cryptocurrency sector? Um, you know, I, I don't know enough about it to comment because uh, Billy is our quant expert. But I can tell you if I look at it in the aspect of what like Chainlink has done um, and building those partnerships. And to me, partnerships equals adoption. And that's what we want. Right. There was say like with cryptocurrency, whatever it is, like what's it used for. Right. And so when you have these partnerships, to me, that equals adoption. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they do because they're very unique on what they do. And it seems like they have a solid team. So the more partnerships that they build and the more that they're being used for CBDCs or whatever that is, um, the, the more uh, and that no one else is doing it, they have that first mover advantage. And to me, it equals adoption, right? Uh, but like you said, um, it has that uh, small total supply. So it can move the price up quickly and it can move the price down quickly. A so, little mental uh, experiment. You know, it, oh, sorry. Right. No, no, no. You're fine. Um, but it has done well in this bear market, right? It's one of the few that has kind of held its value. It was down, like Johnny was saying, uh, at $40, not for a very long time. And then we've been up like $90 and above. So we'll see what happens. You know, Bitcoin is king. It kind of moves the market. None of them have kind of separated from that. So uh, we'll see how it goes. 
Awesome. And a fun thought experiment I like to play is what would happen to a project if it reached Bitcoin's total market cap today? If Quant got to Bitcoin's total market cap today, you're looking at a $27,000 token. So if you want a little bit of FOMO, a little bit of hype, go repeat that to somebody. But we're going to get into one of our stories for today because we have a massive announcement from Ripple as Ripple is announced as a founding partner of the first ever Web3 carbon credit marketplace. And this is something we've talked about for a very long time. CBDCs and carbon credits, they're one and the same. So let's break this thing down. Ripple confirmed that it is one of the founding partners of Thalo, which is a Web3 carbon credit marketplace based on the XRPL. This is pretty exciting news because Thalo is a first of its kind. It's working to solve many problems with liquidity and lack of transparency when pricing, when facing prices in the carbon credit marketplace. As demand for the carbon credit market intensifies, Blockchain and crypto technology is uniquely positioned to help support this market's growth. Ripple executive asserted that by building on the XRP ledger, Thala will be able to offer carbon credits to access institutional and retail investors. One of the most exciting lines in this article was that the voluntary carbon credit market today is only sitting at $2 billion, and they're anticipating in the next eight years, you're looking at a $150 billion market Johnny Crypto, I'd love to go to you. Then we're going to go to Crypto Airy. When you talk about carbon credits, people obviously associate this with nefarious activity, centralized entities controlling us and tracking our carbon emissions. What does it mean to you that Ripple is not only involved in this, but taking the initiative to found a project like this? What does that mean to you as an XRP investor? Tells me that Brad's connected to the big boys uh, in, in the short run. But um, the reality is, just like CBDCs, you know, we're, we're not crazy about those. We're also, you know, this carbon hole thing is another way of limiting um, production. It's going to be a very, very interesting thing. It's going to be costly. So, and I know they say it's better for the world and all that, right? And if you believe the science of wherever the scientists are, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I'm not sure anymore. But the reality is it's coming. Ain't a damn thing you do about it. You can't stop it. So again, like I always say, I want to invest in the rails of the things that are coming because we can't stop them, nor are we trying to, but we can make generational wealth for our families. We can position ourselves to be in a spot when these things come to take advantage of them and, you know, and hopefully put ourselves and our families in a better place. So for me, that's how I look at it. I don't look at it as nefarious or this or that. It's pointless. You want to look at it as a smart money man would do. What would the smart money man or woman do, right? They position themselves to be in, 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 a, in, a, in an advantageous place when these things come to grow their wealth. And that's, that's what we want to do here. It's similar to the conversation we had with, with Mario last night talking about his Amazon store. When they eventually print, when they turn the printing press back on and e-commerce purchases go through the roof, those solid foundation, those Amazon stores that are already set up to drive those new customers in are the ones that are going to profit the most. And Ripple is doing the same thing in a version of carbon credits here. So I'd love to go to Crypto Erie. We talked a little bit about this before the show. Nobody likes carbon credits, but I'm interested to hear what it means to you that Ripple is taking the initiative to create a system like this. Yeah, you know, the first time I ever heard about the carbon credit market and the potential was from Michael Arrington. And and the reason why I pay attention to what he says is because the first time I ever heard about NFTs was from him too. And I can name a whole list of things that he talks about, tokenization of real estate, and he he's really tapped. And so uh, when I heard that, uh, I said to myself, oh, okay, this is going to be a big thing. And yep, it, it, it certainly is. And it's going to be a part of business going forward. And it is, uh, well, 
I just wish that we didn't have to have carbon credits because I wish we could just find the alternative means of getting our business done without having to have this component. But I understand that that is not possible right now. So the carbon credits do provide this balancing out so that we can um, you know, go forward on on this planet with the best approach possible without stifling too much of the business and innovation. So it does give people a path to move forward when, um, when if we didn't have this, they probably would be stopped. So I understand both sides of the, of the argument of whether you like it or you don't like it. Um, but, but I totally agree with Johnny. It is here to stay and it's gonna be huge. It's very interesting. You brought up something important. As an American, we don't have a very solid railway system. And I I mean, obviously, you're in the Asian markets, and there's much better railways over there than we have over here. And you brought up something important. Well, why is that? Is it that they weren't able to build the train systems in America? No, it's that gas money controls this country. And so this is an example of that same initiative where we're not focused on finding new ways for other people to make money, whether it's clean energy and solar and all these other means. We're actually focused on keeping the rich rich and focusing on creating a new carbon credit system to support this whole initiative of reduced carbon emissions. But I'd like to get some closing remarks from Gonzo. Gonzo, what does this mean to you? Crypto Erie brought up something very important, which is that they're not looking for ways to innovate the energy sector. They're they're looking for larger control. So I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, you know, this just falls into that same narrative uh, that we talk about with ESG, environmental social governance, right? And it's going to be a huge thing right? Going to carbon zero and all that stuff. Uh, so depending on how, where you fall in that. Uh, but I, I think what I think about when I read that article is just the XRP ledger and the things that are going to be built on it. And that makes me super bullish on it, right? Because um, Mr. Wonderful has talked about this. One of the issues with the carbon credit market is verification. How do they verify, right? How do they really know? And putting it on the XRP ledger uh, allows it to be more transparent and then verifiable. And that's going to be huge. And I think that's why it's going to become uh, a big, huge market, right? Because it's going to be more verifiable. These companies are going to be able to actually have a measuring stick and verify uh, their carbon credit so they can kind of balance out uh, the carbon that they're putting out or whatever they're doing, right, to balance themselves out. So it's definitely going to be huge in the future. And what's interesting, Gonzo, is that even with all these clean energy streams that we're creating, whether it's solar panels or electric cars, a lot of those you need magnets and magnets to mine a magnet. And I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. It's one of the worst things you can do for the environment is creating these new batteries. So it's an interesting system that the way we're getting rid of carbon is by creating a worse system initially. So with that being said, we got 236 lab listeners out there. You're not here for the carbon credit talk. You are here for some XRP content. And of course, that's what we're going to bring you. One of the tweets that we've been showing our listeners throughout this week is the fact that Brad Garlinghouse met with the commissioner of the CFTC at Ripple offices in San Francisco, then traveled to London to meet with the Bank of England to discuss CBDCs and crypto adoption as a whole. We can only we can only assume that XRP was discussed, and we already know that Ripple is working with the Digital Pound Foundation to create for the Digital Yuan project, or sorry, Digital Pound project. I'd like to get some of your thoughts there, Crypto Airy. We took the connection to say they talked about XRP and CBDCs. Do you believe that to be the case? Well, I think she's she's fairly new uh, in her role, and what she is doing is is learning, and she's she's educating herself right now, and so she's making her rounds. And I think I think going from Ripple to the to the ECB uh, 
was it the Europe? No, it was in the UK. It wasn't the European Central Bank. It was the UK, right? Yeah, it was the Bank of England. Yeah. Bank of England. So um, I don't know. I, I think that's just, I don't think there's too much there you can speculate on because I think she's she's going out to all of the current active players that are in the digital asset space and um, and and the market players that are active. And so, yeah, the uh, the Bank of England is is active. So I just think that made sense. And I, I've really consumed so many of her online videos, close to nine or 10 of them. She's very sharp. She's very uh, rules oriented. She seems very fair. Um, but but we just don't know because she doesn't actually hold the power like like Hester Peirce doesn't hold the power. These two are are commissioners and they still have their chair to to follow it, the directives. So I don't know how much I don't know how much power she's going to have, but I really do like the fact that she's engaging. Uh, I think actively wanting to play a role in crypto. Um, I think it's a good sign too because the CFTC is overlooking commodities and not securities. So the fact that there is some engagement there could mean that possibly she sees XRP as a commodity, not a security. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, nothing negative at all. I, I feel very positive and I'm, I'm happy that she gave Ripple the respect to go visit because, you know, sometimes the, the company Ripple is ignored out there, although not so much as it has been in the past that, it's starting to, I think, really be recognized as as a leader and uh, is getting a different reputation out there. But anyway, I think it's all positive. And no, I don't think that's the fact that she went to the Bank of England after that's not uh, anything I that that raised my eyebrow. Sorry, guys. I guess I overhyped it, but it's good to know the truth out there. And one of the things that gets me excited is the fact that they're willing to meet with Ripple, regardless of what's happening at the SEC today. And we see that Gary Gensler is clearly promoting a specific narrative. So it's good to see that the CFTC is at least willing to speak with Ripple and making those public promotions. We got 250 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're showing you a list of XRP's real-world use cases. And this was actually released by a central bank. So we're going to go over this very briefly. As you're able to execute Forex trading, escrow, real-time growth settlement, peer-to-peer -peer purchases, central bank IOUs, decentralized exchanges, and online voting, only more use cases are being added to this network. Gonzo, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. This could be one of the reasons that the CFTC is willing to meet with Ripple because they understand that XRP has utility. What does this lease mean to you? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the bigger story is the fact that um, she was trying to get educated and she's open to learning, right? So I, I think that's awesome. We talked about this, uh, I, I think, on our show, or maybe I was in the chat yesterday when you guys were talking about this. But yeah, I, I mean, this is the adoption that we talk about. This is the use case. And like I said, what I get really excited about is what hasn't even been built yet, right? What What's to come in the future, right? Like, this is what we already have, but imagine what's to come in the future, right? We don't even have smart contracts yet, right? XLS20D had that bug, and so now they're working on it, but wait until smart contracts come out. We are so, so, so early, um, and so it just makes me super bullish on the space, on the XRPL. Wait till smart contracts come out, and then people get really creative and start building different things, the tokenization of assets. Um, and, and we're just so, so early in it, right? And so it just makes me excited.
Thank you, Gonzo. And I'd love to play a video for our listeners of Ripple employee Cindy Young. And we talked about this before the show, Crypto Airy. She's going to highlight some of the many, many important things that Ripple is doing today, but how they're actually accepting and taking on the risks for transferring that value. So we're going to let this short clip play and then get some comments from our group. Here we go. Beauty of how we operate, uh, XRP as a bridge currency, essentially to move fiat around the world, right? Um, is really giving the benefits of blockchain technology and crypto to our kind of very traditionally operating finance functions and again, hence of treasury CFOs to the our clients um, without any exposure to that volatility, right? We, we, we take on that risk and we use our experience, expertise over that developed again over the last. So the audio was a little bit difficult to understand there, but Crypto area, I'd love for you to explain what she said. She talked about how RippleNet takes on the risks for these creditors and for these banks. What do you think that's going to do for the world of finance? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I'm become a big fan of Cindy and she's really been making the rounds too as well. She seems to be, in my opinion, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, Corey Johnson used to be kind of the face and the spokesperson of Ripple. And then it, it kind of then shifted to where we heard a lot from, um, Naveen Gupta, and we also heard, from, well, it's kind of changed the faces of who's been out there talking to the public and talking in a public way has changed. But Cindy is starting to take that role, I see. She's she's appeared on a lot of panels. She's had a lot of interviews, and she's also did, did a few um, presentations. And she keeps bringing out this same um, point and feature is that you don't have to take the risk of the volatility as an XRP ODL user because Ripple is taking that risk. And if you if you go back and listen to a podcast that David Schwartz was on back in 2016, two years before ODL went live, he talked about what they are doing today. And that is providing these large pools of liquidity out there that people in that are part of the RippleNet network can dip into this pool on demand and use it when they need it. And because it it settles so quick, you've only you've got this exposure for for three to five seconds. That's it. That's it. There. So the fact that the price is moving doesn't it's it totally irrelevant to the RippleNet user. They're not holding the the digital asset. It's a ripple wallet that's holding these pools of liquidity. So as these pools of liquidity grow, because the amount of XRP is growing with the amount of people in the network, you have the impact on supply and demand. And as we were talking about briefly before we went live, there are three things that impact price. One is supply and demand. That's the utility. All right. The second one is speculation. And right now we're in a very speculative market. And the third one is the whales, because the whales still do have in this space the ability to move price. Eventually, as the total market cap grows within all these crypto projects, it's going to get harder and harder for those whales to do what they're doing today. As the utility starts to kick in, you're going to see those pools of liquidity get very large. And so the circulating supply has been impacted. And as that is impacted, so it raises the demand. That is when the market makers and the exchanges who are in this place, who are providing the liquidity, that is when the price will move. And so it's it's 
it's it's it's a genius solution. It's because, brilliant. Yeah. So if the regulations are in place, then the users can actually tap into that liquidity and they can free up all that capital that they have in the Nostro Vostros, which if you add that up around the entire globe, it's in the it's in the neighborhood of trillions of dollars. And and this this is a we are in an environment now as the economy is starting to go south liquidity is very important so i can't tell you that we are positioned because it's beyond proof of concept too cindy keeps telling us this is not an experiment this is not a proof of concept this is something that is actually being used and it's growing and so you know i think i think it, it again it's almost like flair uh, we've waited for years to get to this point where it's finally live and it's really happening, but it's worth the wait. Yeah, same. You hear that, Johnny Crypto? It's worth the wait. And Crypto Erie, one of the things you said that's so exciting is it, it goes underappreciated. The velocity of money is one of the most important factors. When you're talking about using a new technology like this, yeah, it's going to release the $21 trillion worth of Nostro Bostros, but also it's going to make the circulating supply of money transfer that much faster, essentially opening the floodgates for liquidity like you just highlighted. Anybody who wants to learn about XRP, go and play that clip back again. I'm going to be doing it after recording of this show. But Johnny Crypto, I'm sure that you had a comment, so I want to give you the floor. We are going to show our listeners the smartest way to track your crypto, which is, of course, the Merlin application. But I'd like to get some thoughts for you on the Cindy Young article. They say that RippleNet reduces the risk for banks and creditors. What do you think that's going to do for the entire financial market, Johnny? Well, I mean, if you think about Ripple, their, their, their market their strategy or plan was brilliant, right? Because basically what they're doing is they're replacing exactly what Crypto Airy said is the Nostrovostro accounts, which are humongous, the tremendous size of money pools just sitting in banks everywhere around the world that theoretically can get released back into the marketplace. So that'll add a flood of liquidity um, and drive you know the market up. But additionally, I think I did some calculations and I probably shouldn't even throw this number out there because I, but if you look at, Based on, I think, the supply that was out there, maybe the full total supply, if you assumed it had to replace that all the 100% of the Nostra Vostra accounts, I think that alone, when I did it, it put it put XRP somewhere around like a, a three to two to four hundred dollar range. I don't remember the exact price. Um, now, that's assuming they get everything. And I don't think that's going to happen. It will probably be a coexisting. But the point is, it shows you there's potential. Right. Um, but I don't want to give anybody false hopes because I personally think you know a more realistic price of of xrp is probably in the short term the next few years you know 10 to 12 dollars you know i'm not i'm not one of these 589 guys or ten thousand guys i know you guys are that's great i hope it gets there we'll all be multi-billionaires and billionaires but i'm a more realistic guy and i think we're looking at somewhere in the three to ten maybe twelve dollar range um in the next few years because guys remember we're so damn early that we all it feels late it's going to take many, many, many years. Amazon started in 1997. I owned the thing for $17. I tell you the story time. Like a moron, I sold it at 27 and now it's a 3300 right? But the thing, or they split, but whatever. But the point is, it took 20 years to get there. XRP ain't going from $0.30 cents to, to, to $1,000 in a year. It's just not happening, guys. Nah. I want to just, I just want to add one more thing on the tail of that. We are so early, and I'll tell you, I'll, t I'll give you perspective here. Naveen Gupta about three months ago said, not even the largest payment provider 
controls 1% of the market share yet. I, I mean, we're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars and not one person, not JP Morgan, not the largest bank, and nobody has control over 1% of the market share yet. So there is a lot of the pie to be taken. And that pie is going to be carved up. There's not going to be just one solution. There's going to be probably a dozen solutions out there. And of those dozen solutions, it, if, if you can grab 10%, 20%, 30% of that pie, it's huge. And I think that the, the company Ripple is on the way to grab a huge piece of that pie. Exactly. And this is a great time to transition into our Merlin application, but we're showing our listeners the following cryptocurrencies, which may be some of the tokens that we were just referring to. These are ISO compliant tokens, and we believe that these are going to be foundational in the shift into our new financial system. But before we do that, we want to show you guys the smartest way to track your cryptocurrency. And of course, it was created by our good friend, Mr. Johnny K himself. So Johnny, why don't you let that bad boy play and then we'll get some conversation going. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. First, it brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. So crypto area, this is pretty exciting because we used to use Excel spreadsheets to track our <laughs> cryptocurrency. So we created a solution within our, within our academy. We're not sponsored by Merlin. We created Merlin, which is pretty exciting. And one of the things that I think it's doing that most applications do not even think about right now is incorporating exit strategies. And anybody who's been in this market for a couple of years knows that when this bull market comes around, this market moves quickly. And there's always that FOMO that when you go up 200%, you're going to catch that last 50%. Well, while staying disciplined and sticking to your exit strategy, that's how you're able to profit within this market. So that's why we brought the Merlin app. Johnny, I'd love to give you a chance to have some closing remarks. Yeah, you know, again, guys, we know that markets pump, they go up, they go down. We want to make sure you have a tool to manage your account, be able to see what's happening. Um, and also, more importantly, we're partnering with certain influencers so you can see what they're doing, too. So we've got a bunch on board already and more we're going to be talking to. We'll reveal that over time. Um, and so you'll be able to follow your favorite influencer and see what they're doing as well. So we're super excited about it. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll launch it. We're, the wait list is going on right now. Click on the link below right down there. Uh, our homepage is launched. You can read more about it and sign up on that wait list. Don't, don't miss it. You'll get early access and a free 30-day trial. Awesome. And thank you, guys. We're going to dive right back into our crypto content because we have a big update as the Middle East and North Africa were the fastest growing crypto markets over this last 12-month period. And we can highlight just how quickly this market is expanding well beyond the United States. So the Middle East and North Africa were the most fastest growing markets for cryptocurrency adoption during this 12-month period leaning up until June of 2022. Mana-based users received $566 billion in cryptocurrency, 
during that 12-month period, which was a 48% increase from the previous year. This growth compares to increases in 40% and 36% in North America and 35% in Central and South Asia. This is pretty exciting, and I'd love to go to crypto area. As a non-American citizen, how is crypto adoption taking place in your neck of the woods? I am a still an American citizen. <laughs> I just happen to live out of the country. Yeah, I've been out of the U.S. Uh, for a little over 20 years, but uh, I still vote and I still pay my taxes. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, this is an impressive. So if any re U.S. regulators are watching, that's my fault. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, this is an impressive gain. 48% uh, increase is really impressive. Um, you know, I think that um, David Schwartz was in a was in a video today and well, in the last 24 hours uh, it was uploaded and he talks about uh, the Asia and this region of the world, the MENA region as being and also he, he mentioned the uh, smaller countries in Europe are really, really hungry for the op the the benefits that crypto can bring. And so I think that you're looking at uh, the stumbling and the, and the, you know, unfortunately the United States has, has been very slow and very poor at getting the regulations in place. And therefore there's a window of opportunity for these countries to really seize the opportunity because they, they're looking around, they're saying, wow, well, the United States is taking so long and they're not going to do it. We're going to do it. And so that's why you see, I think, this growth in other parts of the world and especially in smaller developing countries that are really going to take this fast and furious because this is going to help their economies. And this is uh, it's exciting to see that that this is the kind of level playing field that everybody hoped crypto would bring. And I'm I'm really pleased to see that this part of the world is doing so well with it. Johnny Crypto, what I love about this article is it highlights that the Securities and Exchange Commission doesn't have total control of this market. As an XRP holder, it really does feel like that sometimes, but I'd love to get some of your remarks. 566 billion in cryptocurrency between July of 2021 and 22. That's a massive number. We know the total coin market cap right now is less than a trillion dollars. This market was $3 trillion last November. What do you think about crypto's expansion into the Middle East? You know, I think that, it, you know, we've been talking about this as we're doing Merlin research that right now, in fact, I just put this out yesterday. There's only 320 million people in crypto. And it's projected to be $2.5 by 2027, right? So this just shows that this is just another advancement of growth of what's to come. And it's super exciting because we're seeing it happen we're in the middle of the war it's happening right now i shouldn't say war but we're in the middle of the adoption phases where things are moving and everybody's trying to get their their hands in the pie and trying to figure it actually they're trying to get the ingredients to make the pie they're trying to figure this out we're so damn early and everybody wants to be able to know how to bake a pie right but they don't know yet because that's what's happening but it's just exciting to see it because we're in the midst of it and we get to see it happen and this is just one of those things which another component of adoption the whole you know is and the other thing about ripple you know that's the other thing that was great about the carbon credit thing we talked earlier a comment i wanted to throw in there was i don't like it okay but the reality is it's another means of adoption it's another in added use case that's going to drive these things and the nice thing as well we're all there we're, we're in the we're early in it we own it so this is great news for the market i'm glad to see this happen i'm not surprised because when you look the biggest market in crypto 
It's not the U.S. I thought it was. Does anybody know what the biggest market in the U.S.? Take a guess. Who knows it? Let's see. Uh, Dubai. UAE. Nope. Uh, Japan? It would be in Asia. Japan. Yeah, but give me, give, me a, give me a country. Japan? Nope. Singapore? Uh, all right, never mind. India. India. Yeah, that's oh, big. Oh, Based on pure population numbers, it must be India as well. Yes. Yeah. That a girl. So uh, 100 million people out there. So it's growing, right? It's going to grow and spread. And crypto is right. The U.S. is just stumbling and bumbling. They're, 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 they can't even, we're tripping over ourselves there. And we're letting everybody else go. But I want to shout out, give a shout out to our girl, XRP Jenna. I saw she's in the house. Jenna! Another friend of the family. So one of these days we'll have to get her and Ariana at the same time. But anyway, let's Always keep going. Exciting. Always excited to see Jenna in the chat. But Gonzo, I want to take it to you. The Middle East is experiencing 80% inflation over the last year. Us Americans are experiencing somewhere around 10%, and we've been feeling it pretty hard. 80% inflation. Could crypto help be a solution for this inflation problem? Yeah, I think, I mean, there's a couple of things. I, I'm not surprised that that's where the growth is, because if you look, where's Ripple expanding, right? Last year, it was like Southeast Asia. And then this year, it's been Africa and the Middle East, right? And then when you look at uh, the whole macro environment economically in those areas, they have high inflation. Turkey was one of like the biggest, I think, percentages when it comes to uh, using crypto. But when you look at their macro um, and their inflation and where their currency is way, way down, uh, I I'm not surprised. So I think if, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I'm sure you're going to see a correlation with either bankless people that are using it, um, you know, to move money back and forth, or you're going to see that there's an inflation problem and that people are, are moving to crypto to, to counteract that. And it's a pretty exciting time. We're about to show our listeners a very, very important update from the Swift banking system as they're experiencing a much needed network upgrade. Swift says it can be, Swift says it proved it can be a way forward for global CBDCs after the financial messaging system said it carried out transactions between different blockchain networks using both fiat currencies and CBDCs. I feel like every day we get a new CBDC update, but this is a really important one. So Swift has presented a framework for a global central bank digital currency system claiming to have solved the challenge of interoperability between different networks. The following experience experiments involve central banks of France, Germany, as well as HSBC, UBS, Chartered Bank, Wells Fargo, and several others. Swift said it carried out transactions between different blockchain networks using both CBDCs and different currencies. Central banks for years have toyed with the idea of using digitalized fiat currencies similar to a dollar as a CBDC. But first, they're going to need to go through a network upgrade process. And one of the things we should highlight for our listeners is that currently, SWIFT doesn't transfer value. It's just an accounting system, and it currently is used in over 200 countries by 11,000 financial institutions around the planet. Crypto area, before we dive into the CBDC latest news, I'd love to talk about how SWIFT is in a situation where it has to upgrade. There's competitors emerging in the United States. There's competitors emerging in Europe that can do the same thing SWIFT can do at a fraction of a cost while actually exchanging that value. What do you think about SWIFT making the necessary transformations here and, and taking a step towards evolution? Okay, I'm really glad you brought this uh, up. I was um, I was working on something totally irrelevant, and Chip from On the Chain sent me the link to Swift and brought this to my attention about two hours ago, three hours ago, and I went straight to the Swift document, went down to the bottom, read the PDF. There's 16 pages. 
you're not going to believe what's in the nobody's nobody's had the chance to read through the details yet you won't okay just take a guess of of what the uh technology for the rails that that are going to settle it this is a settlement solution as well what technology do you think they've used any idea distributed ledger technology yeah but, but, am I, but I can i'm very biased over here i'm i'm dying to say xrp so <laughs> it's definitely not, not going to be xrp yeah, it's not it's not on the xrp ledger however it they did two experiments and the one experiment that they did which which was successful was using corda settler mm. now corda settler uses any digital asset, not just XRP. XRP happened to be the first one that they did the proof of concept with just to prove that it can use a digital asset. But the fact that they're using this Corda Settler is really huge, everyone. This is big. This is really, really big for the digital asset space, not just for XRP. And they are also integrating the ISO to the 222. So you're looking at the components all coming together and they've also, they've decided to, um, well, you, you got to read the document, go to the Swift page, go down to the document and then read actually uh, about in detail about how they did those uh, experiments. And they also did an experiment with Quorum. Quorum of course is the Ethereum based uh, protocol that JP Morgan built and then did this transaction, which is totally, we don't know what the cost was. They might've sold it for a dollar. They might've sold it for, for gazillions of money, but now it's under the um, uh, umbrella of consensus. And it's pretty, so, it's, it's very exciting, Ari. Like the fact that we're drawing all these connections in, it goes back to our original statement about how early we were. Sometimes we're so early, it really does feel like we're late. But I want to give a shout out to our friend, James Rule XRP is in the building and he's flexing towards the finish line. That has got to be an XRP reference. We did a little bit of research talking about Swift's partnership with Chainlink. And we found that Oracle providers were not incentivized to hold the currency. And this was pretty, pretty, not, I almost said exciting interesting because everybody was excited about this partnership with the fact that Chainlink's price would increase through the use of this new system. That is not the case. What's happening here is that Swift is actually using Chainlink and then they're they're turning that Chainlink directly into fiat. Nobody's incentivized to hold the currency, so we shouldn't see any price appreciation. Crypto Erie, I'd like to hear some thoughts. What do you think about Chainlink as an overall project and how do you feel about these Swift connections? Some days I wake up and I think, oh my gosh, I, I probably own every crypto in the space because like, over the course of the years, you know, you, you like, uh, you speculate, well, I better try this one. I better hedge on this one. I, but, but Chainlink is not one that I have done yet. And the one, the one time that it really became on my radar big time was when SBI, Yoshitaka Kitao, decided to put Chainlink on the SBI VC trade site. And I thought to myself, all right, okay, he knows something. And yeah. and obviously, you know, I, I still haven't pulled the trigger on Chainlink, but I think this is a project that everybody needs to pay attention to. 
And with some of the largest names on the planet connected to this space, I was trying to find a better image, but we're just going to have to use the Google search image here. We've got Fidelity Labs, JP Morgan, Microsoft, IBM. The list goes on and on, and there's more indirect partnerships that could be added to this list. Johnny, we always talk about the real-world utility of quant. We know that Link doesn't have the same function, but it can connect blockchains. I'm interested to hear your closing remarks here before we head into our next article. Yeah, no, I think that I told you guys earlier, none of us know who's going to win the race. The reality is you just got to have horses in the race. And that's why I want to make sure I've got some on Link. I've got some on Quant, some on Cypherium, right? We're in these different. The thing, though, I have I have to go back. Abs, it's a very important crypto area. said something that I need to dig in. So we should talk about the importance of Corda being part of the system. And and I know also there's the quorum coin, but that's all the JP Morgan stuff. And it's outside of Ripple. My question to you, um, crypto area, is what, what as, as you were saying, this is big, what is it to you that makes this so big? Why is this so significant that it was the quarter system? Is there some, because they could, like you said, they can use anything. They don't have to use XRP. Is there something there? Can you help maybe explain, embellish a little bit deeper on why that is so important? Yeah, so Corda builds very good private walled gardens for uh, really, really good tech. Uh, but but the tech that it built in the Corda Settler was specifically designed to use digital assets, a tokenized asset of some sort. And so, so the fact that it's using Settler means that they definitely have the tokenization, the digital assets in mind moving forward. And it's not just a messaging system. It is a, a system that can settle. And I think that it's just, again, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a mass adoption play for the whole digital asset space. Yeah, gotcha. I didn't know if there was some other tie to XRP that maybe you heard or aware of or that that thought. Because I know like R3 Corda, were, they were all part, weren't they partners in the early run? R3 Corda, Ripple, and then there was some lawsuit or something happened between them. So uh, I know they kind of split apart, but I didn't know if maybe they're still working on each other's technologies or not. <clears throat> well, you know, it was Mr. Kitao. Okay, so... SBI is the largest outside shareholder of both R3 and Ripple. And it was his dream back in 2018 when the lawsuit was still, was it still going in 2018? I'm sorry, I forgot the settlement date. Okay. Um, Might have been 2007. I'm sorry, I forgot the settlement date. Yeah, they had a falling out. And and what uh, Mr. Katow has said over and over again in his um in his shareholders meetings is it's his dream to be able to use the court of settler and use the tech that, that uh, is, is of our three and use the digital asset XRP. And so I, I think he wants to see a marriage between the two. He's, he said this over and over for years. So this is why I'm excited because I do know that uh, he has his, a big hand in many pies around the world. Mm. And so I, I, I know that it's not going to be just XRP, but the fact right. that it's going to be probably many digital assets that have the backing of the ISO 2022, mm -hmm. which is, which is uh, the, you know, it's, it's a software solution for that. And so it can be um, not just that list there, as we know, Bitcoin can also be ISO compliant, and it does so with a company called Impel. 
So it's it's not necessarily the token itself, but it's the uh, software that propels it behind that makes it ISO um, compliant. That it works in the new format, the new messaging format, which is which is a you know going to really be fantastic for the digital asset space. Yeah. So much exciting news going on today. I'd love to get your comments on this article from back from 2019. When I first entered this space, this was one of the first articles I saw and read about XRP. And I said, oh my God, I found gold. So he <laughs> said, SBI CEO says every bank in Japan will be using Ripple XRP by 2025. Obviously, a lot has happened since 2019. The lawsuit hasn't occurred yet. There's mass adoption that's taken place. But Crypto Erie, we only have a couple minutes here. I'd love to get some of your remarks. Do you still believe this to be the case? SBI CEO, every bank in Japan will use Ripple XRP by 2025. Yeah, I don't know about every bank, but there's 38 banks right now. There's 38 to the date of which is my last count. There could be more uh, that are using the MoneyTap app. And the MoneyTap app, which is built on Ripple net technology, and Ripple owns some of that technology too. They, it's a separate entity with the umbrella. So the MoneyTap app is owned by Ripple, SBI, and 38 Japanese banks oh. on, Ripple, on Ripple net technology. And just in the last couple of days, uh, I put the tweet out. It merged with SBI Remit. SBI Remit is the ODL entity under SBI. So you've got SBI now as the as the mothership mm. that, has, that has the Money Tap app that just merged with SBI Remit, which is ODL, with 38 banks currently using it as shareholders. So do I think all banks in Japan? No, that's pretty crazy. That's pretty hypey. But do I think do I think up to 50 or 60? Because we get a lot of local regional banks, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's three mega banks and SBI's on its way to be the fourth mega bank. And then we've got all these regional local banks down below. Could all the regional local banks be using MoneyTap by 2025? Yeah, maybe. And that in and of itself is very, very exciting. I'd love to close out this episode with some pretty cool updates. As Credit Suisse CEO says the bank will rise like a phoenix, and I'm going to add from the ashes. It's pretty exciting. They're drawing the Ripple XRP connections. I'm not going to go as far as to even go down that rabbit hole. But I did think it was interesting that he said Credit Suisse will rise from like a phoenix. Gonzo, it's been quite a while since I heard from you. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Yeah, you know, that's really interesting, the whole thing with Credit Suisse and the Deutsche Bank, something to keep an eye on, because even if they weren't in trouble because people are emotional uh, and they start to get news, it could be like a self-fulfilling prophecy where people do a bank run because they start hearing that the bank's insolvent and they almost make it happen. <clears throat> so something definitely to keep an eye on, uh, and, and we'll see how it goes. I know they keep saying that um, they're okay, but Celsius, Voyager, all of them before they went insolvent told us that they were fine. I'm mm. sure before the Lehman Brothers event, right, they were all saying it's fine. And even, like I said, even if they are fine, just that fear mongering and it's like a snowball effect where people continue to go and try to take their money out and they cause the insolvency. So we'll see how it goes. 
Very cool. In crypto area, it appears that we got some very special guests. Typically, we don't get Korean guests on the show, but we got a Korean a Korean XRP YouTuber is joining us. So shout out to you, my friend. Welcome to the family. We're going to close this thing off the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And of course, thank you to Crypto Airy. Another amazing episode this week. There's 269 live listeners. Show us some love. Smash that like button on the way out of here. We'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Crypto Let's go. Thank you. Make sure to smash that like button.